Welcome back to Route 25 Podcast, brought to you by Fox Valley Magazine and When and How Communications. Today, we're talking with Kiefer Sutherland. No, we're not talking about his acting career, which has been extraordinary. Golden Globes, Emmys. Uh, he's actually embarked on a musical career, having uh, recorded two albums already. And his most recent album, Bloor Street, just came out. It's about his uh, upbringing in Toronto. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, Kiefer will be playing at the Arcada in St. Charles on Sunday, March 20th. So you may want to check that out. Anyway, here's Kiefer. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? No, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. And I know I know we have a short amount of time here. But uh, again, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's an Absolutely. honor to speak to you. My it really pleasure. is. Well, thank um, you. Thanks, man. You too. Okay. So I got... I, this is about your music, but I've got to clear up two mm-hmm. things <laughs> okay. in research, in researching this or, you know, prepping for this conversation. Um, I found out that your, your full name is Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey, George Rufus Sutherland. Is that yeah. right? And if so, what's that about? <laughs> um, it, it is correct. Uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not completely sure. Uh, uh, William was my given middle name. Keep William Fred. Frederick was my my father's father. Dempsey was my mother's mother's maiden name. George uh, <laughs> was my dad's best friend. We've never figured out where we got Rufus. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, my joke has always been that, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money back then. And that he probably told people that if you, you know, if you feed us tonight, I'll name my kid after you. <laughs> it works for me. It works for me. Yeah. No, it's, it's a British thing. I'm pretty sure my, my, uh, my, my mother-in-law uh, was uh, the, the child of two uh, British people from uh, Manchester. So, and then they had, they had the same thing. They had this, all this, this strange naming nomenclature. So I dig it anyway. Oh, okay. um, at least that clears that up. Okay. The other thing is real quick with your acting career. I, I just wanted to say something to you. You don't even need to respond, but you know, I, you, you look it up and and you've got an extraordinary career, extraordinary career. I mean, Emmys, Golden Globes, SAGs, I mean, everything, everything you could want. Um, but everybody misses the best part of your career as far as I'm concerned. And that was in a few good men. Everybody talks about the, the, you can't handle the truth nonsense. You know, from, yeah. uh, you know what, but Jack there was Nicholson, a, there's yeah. a moment where Kindrich is on the stand and, uh, Tom Cruise says, did you order a code red? And the sun is shining through the window and you have this momentary distraction where you look out the window, controlling your rage and then said, uh, you know, I did not. Right. That, yeah. that momentary look out the windows is still the most exquisite thing I've seen. <laughs> It's just wonderful. Oh, that's so generous, man. Thank you very much. No, it, it was brilliant. Well, thank was- you. So I'll tell you a story about that film. We we were, um, Jack Nicholson was about to do the You Can't Handle the Truth scene, yeah. and they had blocked it out for the whole day. And, uh, and it's the only time I've ever seen actors who had the day off, myself included, come in to watch. Mm. And, uh, and Jack Nicholson did the speech, did the whole thing once. And, and the place was fucking silent. I mean, dead, dead quiet. And Rob Ryan went up to him and said, do you mind doing it again? And Jack Nicholson smiled and said, that's why we're here. 
And he did it one more time. And Rob Reiner looked confused. And he went, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. It's not going to get better than that. So uh, <laughs> I guess we're wrapped. And yeah. so in literally in under an hour, Jack Nicholson did that scene. Uh, and that was the end of that. And it was the That's only time wild. I've seen actors come in when they had a day off. That's wild. Yeah. Well, no, it, look, it's and I don't mean, to, heard, like, I don't mean applause when someone finished. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to demean what you know, that was a great scene, obviously. Oh, no, I know. But, it was such a generous thing you said. And, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I I just I, I, I people miss that. And I to me, that was just extraordinary. It really was. Anyway. OK, so let's get to the, to the point. Um, you know, congratulations on your music career. That's it's you've already had this Thank enormous you. career, you know, in acting and, and you're in music. And I oh, the, the, the thing I, I, I keep in listening to your to your music the the first word that comes to me is evocative you know in sort of all the way through i i know i guess the first one that really struck me was the in in uh reckless in me the 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 song about your mother um saskatchewan yeah um yeah. Yeah. it's extraordinarily evocative obviously a deeply personal uh, thing um yeah. and 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 that sort of follows through all your stuff that but the it was that you know I, I, you look at it and, and you say okay here's a here's a guy who was born in, in london and grew up in toronto where does he get his country roots um do you think that was you know is saskatchewan sort of really where you got your roots no, it wasn't. Um, no. During the 90s, uh, I rodeoed a professional. Oh. Uh, I, I had done films like Young Guns, which got me really acquainted with horses. And I, and I had a small horse farm, which ended up being a cattle farm in Montana. And, and just, I, I just had a natural affinity with a rope. Um, and, and I learned how to rope to handle the livestock on my farm. Uh, and then ended up going, you know, just touring and doing it with a guy named John English. Um, and so I would get in a truck with a bunch of cowboys. We'd throw our horses and trailers and we'd just go from town to town, kind of on, you know, going as far east as kind of Oklahoma and, and then kind of everything west all the way up through the Dakotas, all the way south to California. Um, rodeo that that kind of part of the country, yeah. And uh, and and all these cowboys listened to Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, and so I got I got that was my initial exposure to kind of country and Americana music. What I loved about it was that it told stories in the first person narrative. So as much as I couldn't really tell you what Black Dog from Led Zeppelin Four meant. <laughs> you know, except that I'm sure someone wanted to get screwed, but I couldn't tell you what that meant. When I listened to Johnny Cash sing a boy named Sue, I know exactly what he's singing about. And, right. and that story has a beginning, middle and an end. And so that's what I love about acting is getting together with a group of actors and a director and a cinematographer and, and figuring out how to tell a story and how we're going to do it visually, how we're going to do it intellectually, emotionally, all of those different things. And so when I started writing songs, um, you know, it was just a natural fit because those were, I wanted, you know, I wanted to tell the songs that I've started to initially write 
were always going to be songs from my own experience. They're going to be, you know, either a memory uh, or, or, or an observation. Uh, and, and so it was just, it was a natural fit, uh, for that format. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's rock and roll aspects to, to every record, but certainly the first two records were really, uh, kind of there's some old school country stuff, like not enough whiskey, Saskatchewan, um, you know, songs like that. Um, and, and again, the first person narrative was key for me. And, uh, and it's, one of the reasons why I really love, you know, uh, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, uh, the imagery that those guys kind of paint with words with, uh, and really simple melodies. So you can, you know, so you really grab onto the lyrical content that mattered to me. And so it was kind of, uh, kind of a really natural thing for me to go in that direction. Let's talk about Bloor street real quick. Um, so, so, that again, it's very evocative. Um, I've got a, a dear friend who lives in Toronto and, and I, my I've talked to her about this and all the memories came flooding black from all the, all the things that you, you sang about. Um, but I did notice something, um, interesting in that, in that you're, you know, we talked about the influences, you know, the, there's some rock in, in your previous stuff, but there seemed to be, you know, country rock and, and some R and B sort of influences too. I mean, that, there seems to be an expansion of, of kind of what you're doing musically is am i am i completely off base yeah, on that or no 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 you're not and it's and and you know what there's it, sonically you're going to get a lot of 80s uh you know that sounds like an uh, an 80s record to me uh and, and 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 some people might you know might rub them the wrong way but it's exactly what i intended to do um because i love the sound of of, of a lot of records uh that came out of that time period and then we had just come off of a tour of, of Europe uh, from Czech Republic all the way to the UK. We played like 40 or 50 dates. Uh, so it was a really long tour. And the second we came off of that tour, COVID hit and everything locked down. Right. And we'd been basically self-isolating on a bus anyway. So we agreed that we were going to kind of not see anybody else. We were going to kind of try and be really responsible and we would make this record. And so the record was made uh, even though Chris Lord Algy produced it, um, the songs were kind of worked up kind of the way the band wanted to play them, right? The way we wanted to do them. Yeah. And so it, it wasn't as thematic as the first two albums. It was much freer. And we made it as a band together, which was also very different than the records that I made with Jude Cole. So it just, it, you know, it, it became a much more Americana record than a country record because you know, we just played how we felt that day, <clears throat> you know, uh, two-stepping in time, you know, the, the version that I play on stage now is much more kind of like a waltz and the way I wrote it, uh, than kind of the rockier version that's out on the radio, you know, which I love the rockier version. Um, you know, I'm just doing an acoustic show right now. So, right. um, so yeah, it, it's, 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 again, it was just a, it, it was kind of a much freer record in the sense that we just played how we wanted to play that day, as opposed to kind of trying to do something that had, you know, was trying to really say something like a down in a hole, uh, was a real country record. I mean, there's some real country tunes on that record. And we were trying to kind of honor what, what we believe is kind of old school American country music. Um, and whereas on, on blur street, it was, it was, 
we're just trying to enjoy the song. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and wherever it fit <laughs> is wherever it fit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you're doing the, the acoustic thing. Um, you're coming here to uh, St. Charles uh, with uh, Mark yeah. and Rocco, right? So it's going to be more of an acoustic yes. thing. Yeah, very much so. And, and so, it, and, and this has been a really interesting tour for me because this is the first time I've done this, certainly in the United States, but it allows me a kind of freedom to kind of get into why I wrote the song, what I was going through. Sure. Uh, and, and so it, it's, that's, that's a nice thing to be able to do. You know, uh, you don't get to, you know, certainly in the making of films or even theater, there's not a moment where you get to kind of have a conversation with the audience. Right. Um, yeah. so, so that's what I've really enjoyed about this tour and, and the acoustic kind of set, uh, really allows us to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I know you gotta go uh, break a leg, dude. Okay. <laughs> See Damn, you. Bless your heart, man. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye.